0: The Paul Leslie Hour. Helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. Hello and welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. I'm honored that you're here. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am going to play an interview from the archives. This has been in my mind for a while now. This is an interview with the writer Joe Nick Potaski. He is the author of the book, Willie Nelson, An Epic Life. He wrote the biography of Willie Nelson after he conducted over 100 interviews with Willie Nelson and family And many of the musicians who have worked with Willie Nelson Willie Nelson and Epic Life was published by Little Brown and Company It received critical acclaim and widespread popularity among Nelson's fans Back in those days, I didn't have the microphone that I have now I was kind of doing the best with what I had so I should warn you that this tape, this recording which was originally broadcast on the radio, it's not the best quality. But you can hear everything that he says and it's good stuff. Willie Nelson is just one of those very fascinating people. He has really captured the heart and imagination of so many generations. It was nice to talk to Joe Nick Patasky, a real enthusiast and expert on Willie Nelson, and an expert on Texas music in general, you can visit Joe Nick Potaski's website, joenickp.com. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through viewers and listeners like you. You can make a contribution. Just go to thepaulleslie.com, click on support the show. Every little bit helps. And now let's get into the interview with Joe Nick Potaski. Ladies and gentlemen, it's our great pleasure to welcome our special guest, Mr. Joe Nick Bataski. He's a writer, historian, and Texan. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Sure, it's my pleasure.
0: Where exactly are you from?
1: I was born in Pennsylvania. I pretty much grew up, spent all my life in Fort Worth, Texas. That's where I grew up. My family moved there when I was two, and I went all the way through public schools there before I went off and wandered around.
0: What kind of music did you grow up listening to?
1: Growing up, I listened to a lot of, I guess, my my entry uh, or gateway was Top 40 Radio, which was, much like throughout the South, was pretty diverse back in that day, so you heard a little bit of everything. You heard rock and roll, but you heard country and soul and rhythm and blues. So I, I was exposed to a lot of different music, but I pretty much liked it all.
0: Well, what about the music of Willie Nelson? Can you remember the first time you heard his music?
1: Oh, yeah. When when I was a kid in Fort Worth on Saturday night on Channel 11, which was the independent television station, they would show a lot of country music, syndicated programs, Ernest Tubbs' show, Porter Wagner, and uh, Pretty Miss Norma Jean before Dolly, all that kind of... Uh, that kind of syndicated shows. And starting it all off was the Cowtown Jamboree, which was a live program from Panther Hall, basically trying to sell whoever was playing Panther Hall that night, getting people to come out. And Willie was a regular, not just at Panther Hall, but on TV. Uh, he, you know, for all practical purposes, viewers kind of took him as a local because he was playing Panther Hall. It seemed like you know, at least every other month and it was it was a regular on his circuit. So he was in my radar then and, and I guess through top forty radio, Fair and Young and Hello Walls was a big hit. And we didn't think of this country, we just thought of it as a big hit. So it was Willie was there and always in the background, but I don't think it was until nineteen seventy and I was in Minneapolis, Minnesota that I listened to actually I take it back, it was like seventy Seventy-two. I heard yesterday's wine, and where I'd known Willie as a country performer. Previous, this was kind of like yesterday's wine, was really his first thematic album. And it was really deep stuff, and it sure dug in when I heard it that first time. So early sixties, but all the way through the the early seventies is when I got to know Willie's music.
0: If you could put it into words, what is it about Willie Nelson that you like so much?
1: Willie's appeal to me personally is he does it all. He's a singer, he's a composer, and he's a guitarist. And as a singer, I, I love the way he praises it. He sings like a, a jazz singer, even though he's identified as a country musician. And these days, it seems like his singing is really much, pretty much talking blues. As a songwriter, I mean, you start with the three songs or four songs that really brought him to the national focus in the early 60s. Hello, Walls, Crazy, Funny How Time Slips Away, and I guess Nightlife. So he did that. Listen to him today when I watch him perform. I love hearing him play guitar because he's having to carry more of the load. He's a really expressive stylist and... I can hear a recording, and within two measures, I, I know it's Willie. He has a sound unlike anyone else. So there's all those three elements, and then you go beyond that, and look at the entertainer, the performer, the icon that is Willie. <laughs> you know, he's up there with every other one-name icon. He is a, an equal, I believe, if not, you know, but maybe time will tell us different to, to Elvis. He is a giant who walks among us.
0: We're joined by Joe Nick Potaski, author of the biography, Willie Nelson, An Epic Life. What inspired you to write this book? Well, my inspiration for writing the book was kind of coming in
1: fast backwards. And I really had been thinking I had a Texas, a Texas book in me about, you know, Texas culture. And really it was through my agent, Jim Fitzgerald in New York, kind of reminded me, what was right in front of my face. And he had, he had actually said the best way to write a history is to write it through someone. That's the best way to tell a story. And he said, someone like Willie Nelson. And I just said, wait a minute, wait a minute, back up there. Because, you know, my history as a writer, my first interview with him was in the fall of 1973. So he's just been a constant throughout my writing career. And he's been someone I've gone back to the well with every few years. So, to me, it was really a natural that I can sit here now and say, you want to know the story of Texas since the Great Depression. Look at Willie Nelson's life. That is the story of Texas. He has all the great qualities of what I think a Texan character is. And, you know, it's independent, kind of contrarian, willing to go against the grain, willing to take risks, believing in yourself. He embodies all all the positive characteristics of what makes Texans Texan. And we are different than anyone else.
0: Now, this first time that you interviewed Willie Nelson, can you tell us your recollections of that time? Was that the first time that you met him?
1: It was the first time I met him, yeah, and I'd heard his music. And in fact, I'd seen him not somewhere around that time opening up a car lot, showing off their new Fords for the year. He's playing on the back of a flatbed truck. And when the band went on a jam, it pretty much blew my mind. So I knew he's different. And I remember I watched, I was watching him before I did my interview. I was watching him being interviewed by Chet Flippo, who I knew Chet's work. And he was writing for Rolling Stone and really kind of putting Austin music on the map as far as a a music center through his writing. And Chet's interviewing him. And, uh, Willie's, you know, he looks like a hippie in so many respects. He's got long hair. And he's got a uh, kind of a sparkling stud in his one earlobe and he looks totally Austin in that he's wearing a t-shirt and cut off jeans and running shoes. But the, the one tip off and, and kind of a beard going, the one tip off was he had a diamond horseshoe shaped pinky ring. And you know, that's old school country there. And uh, I kind of, I, I was really getting up on the contrast that like a kid or on the other hand, he had all the uh, uh, or evidence that he was a, a hardcore country music veteran. So really, really kind of had the best of both worlds at a perfect time and really a great time to be in Austin.
0: What was Willie Nelson like? What do you remember from his personality and his demeanor?
1: I know now well enough to say he was very tolerant, not letting on when a, a young pup asked him stupid questions. He was very accommodating. He, he, he still has; he his talent. that if you're sitting across, room, you know, you're the only thing going on right, right in his life, whether that's true or not. And he's really focused and tolerant and attentive. He's not like a typical celebrity or personality when you get next to him. It's, that getting next to him is kind of the big deal. But he's the same guy then that he is now, and he's. I feel very relaxed around him. It's, that's kind of, uh, I noted it in the book, Merle Haggard, he's got a little bit of nervousness, whether it's because he did time, kind of deer in the headlights, scared rabbit kind of thing, that when he gets with Willie, he calms down like he, he never calms down. And, and he's got that kind of a presence. that I know now that that first interview, he was being very, very accommodating and tolerant. And that's a special skill. Not everybody in show business
0: has that. We're talking with Joe Nick Pataski, author of the biography of Willie Nelson. It's entitled, Willie Nelson, An Epic Life. You got to interview, speak with a lot of people as a result of writing this book. What is the most surprising thing that you learned?
1: Hmm. What was the most surprising thing I've learned? Going back to his early years, was Willie had done his own autobiography. And he was helped by really one of the great Texans of letter of literature, uh, Bud Schreit. And that was done in, in like the late 80s. So I, I, I reread that, and I was trying to figure out what was left out. And it was really these years when he leaves home, when he leaves Abbott, little farming community north of Waco, and he drifts to Waco. He drifts to San Antonio. He drifts up to Fort Worth. And he drifts up to Portland, where his mom lives in Portland, Oregon. And then he drifts back to Fort Worth, Houston, and before he makes it to Nashville. And he'd always kind of glazed over some of that. Maybe that's because to him, that was less interesting. But because those seemed like missing elements, it was piecing that together. And uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, just visualize Fort Worth, Texas, 1959. Really the bad part of town is the stockyards, which is really rough and tumble, real hardcore cowboy area. And there in a bar is Willie Nelson and his collaborator at the time, Roger Miller, on fiddle. Willie's playing guitar. And they're getting, they're getting really well lit and probably playing in front of five people and having their time, the time of their lives to learn about Roger Miller's encounters with them in Fort Worth before either of them got big. <laughs> I, I like interviewing Hank Cochran, who's since passed, but he was a guy that gave Willie a break as a songwriter. I signed him to a publishing deal, 50 bucks a week at Pamper Music. And right after Hank does this, and he, he gave up his own, getting a, an increase in his own salary to get this guy, Nelson, signed up because he thought he had chops. But he takes Willie back to where he's living Okay, Willie had signed a publishing deal with Amper Music. Hank Cochran signed him up after <laughs> in the Orchid. Lounge doing a song swap. So Hank gives up his salary, tells Willie he's going to sign him up. Willie's got it made, finally. He's got a job in Nashville. So Hank takes him back to where Willie's living. And it's this really beat-up, run-down trailer park. It's, it's a drama Hank laughs. And Willie takes offense. He thinks he's being laughed at for being... You know, Dirt poor and all that and what are you laughing at man and he said I'm laughing at it because this is where I moved into when I moved into Nashville and this is where Roger Miller lived when he moved in That's that was the inspiration for the song King of the Road
0: great stories this is probably a difficult question I know this would be a difficult question for me what is your favorite Willie Nelson album
1: uh, my favorite album Right now, and it, it always changes. I like the the tribute album they did to Cindy Walker a few years ago. Just reflecting oh, yeah. songs. And you know, it's classics. Lately I've been hearing a lot of redheaded strangers and that was that was really groundbreaking as far as making career. And that album was the one that really kind of tipped everything and, and led to him being who he is today. And I just I like that album. I was up and driving around Colorado. Wyoming and I was remembering that his wife Connie kind of told me the story. They were coming back from a ski trip in Teamboat Springs and he said, I got an album. I got to deliver to the record company pretty soon. What am I going to do? And they kind of talked and sketched out the album on the drive up and no, no one ever gave it its due. Ever, the record company thought it was a demo. They couldn't believe how little he had billed them because he made the album so cheap. Everything he went was wrong. This was, this was going to be a failure. And it turned out to be the big success just by doing everything contrary.
0: We're speaking with Joe Nick Bataski, author of Willie Nelson, An Epic Life. What about your favorite song that Willie Nelson wrote?
1: Again, it depends when I'm thinking. I'd say right now, Nightlife, just because it's such a great piece of blues and jazz. In fact, it wouldn't get released as a single by D Records out of Houston. They thought it was too bluesy and not, not country enough. That's that's
0: who that cat is. We're joined by Joe Nick Bataski, author of Willie Nelson, An Epic Life, a biography of singer-songwriter Willie Nelson. I've got one more favorite question. Willie Nelson is known for interpreting several songs that he did not write, like Blue Skies or Rainbow Connection. What is your favorite song that Willie Nelson interpreted that he made his own, but he did not write himself?
1: I guess right now, and again, this always changes, City of New Orleans, Steve Goodman wrote it, Arlo Guthrie owned it, and Willie appropriated it. I'd probably give a, a close second, and it's only because it'll never be, it can never really be compared completely to Ray Charles, but Georgia on my mind. As, I mean, he takes other people's music, and the way he does it, it's appropriated. But the City of New Orleans is almost is, is on the road again as far as an anthem of American mobility. And when he sings, Good Morning America, I Love You, How Are You, Don't You Know I'm Young, yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's him. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if Steve Goodman knew him back when he wrote of it. Man, he nailed it.
0: We're speaking with Joe Nick Petaskey author of Willie Nelson, An Epic Life, a biography of Willie Nelson. I wanted to ask you about the bass player in the family band with Willie Nelson, B. Spears, the late B. Spears. You had the opportunity to speak with him. Tell us a little bit about B. Spears.
1: Well, B, next to Sister Bobby and drummer Paul, the longest-serving member of the band, You know, he did take some time off in the 70s, played with Waylon, played with Guy Clark. But really the most powerful thing and the biggest testimony is that, you know, like I said, Willie sings all over the place. He sings behind the beat. He's a jazz singer. B hears that invisible rhythm in his head and plays it when no one else knows where this thing is going. He's the guy that knows. So he... He was the one that kept time. And there are a couple of stories that I got. One from Floyd Domino when Waylon's band backed up Willie and how lost they were because B wasn't there. And then how when Phil Lesh of the Grateful Dead said it with with the band and he didn't know where the Hexas band was going. And B heard it when no one else did. And plus he was a fun guy, just funny, full of life, and he's that direct connection to Texas Dance hall music. His daddy was in the Easy Easy Adams and the Texas Top Hands, real great swing band. And he grew up across the General Store in Lotus, Texas, But there's still a sign that says Willie Nelson tomorrow.
0: Hmm. Just in general, could you tell us your favorite Willie Nelson memory?
1: Hmm. Well, I'll tell you this. Kind of, it's it's not that vivid or anything that. This is when the book was finished. I made sure most of the people that I interviewed got copies of it early on so they'd know what I was saying. And this is two. One is I got a call from Bill Mack. And Bill Mack was uh, on Willie's place. He was a DJ. And Willie called in every Wednesday to Bill. They're old friends going back to the 60s. And Bill called me and he said, Did you hear? Willie and I were talking about your book today. I said, no, I wasn't listening. What did he say? He said, this is, Bill says, is quoting Willie. Bill said, he said, there are things in there I'd have forgotten, and there's things in there I wished he would have forgotten. And (laughs) when I heard that, I knew I did right, because that's, I know who Willie is enough, and he doesn't have, he doesn't care what people are saying as long as they're talking about him. And he knew I'd do a good job. When I first ran into him once I started working on the book, I, I ran into him at a Saxon pub and he's going to sit in with his daughter Paula. This is an right before Christmas and it's great. I'm sitting back in the booth with him and his ex-wife Connie and kids from three different marriages and they're all hugging on one another and I kind of said I saw Willie and I said man I've been obsessing about you for the last six months or so. He said I know. He said people keep calling and asking is it okay to talk to you and then he kind of beamed at me and he said I'm sure glad you're the one doing this and I couldn't ask for any better testimonial. He trusted me. He knew that I could do a a fair job, and that's all I was trying to do. And I'm not trying to shower, heat praise on him, and I'm not trying to, you know, tear a hole in him either. But I can say this. He's now 78 years old, and I'm really happy to say this, but he's cool.
0: (laughs) That's definitely true, and that has to be an incredible honor for him to say that. I have a question, kind of about your own personality. I feel like this can reveal a lot about a person. What is your all-time favorite meal? My
1: all-time favorite meal? Well, I'm half Greek, and my mom made this really killer chicken with a tomato base and cinnamon and uh, all this. It's really strange, but my wife figured out how to make it. She was taught by my mom, and... uh, that's my favorite meal. I guess, you know, but that's, that's, that's personal. Beyond that, play the barbecue, give me some brisket or ribs, give me some Mexican food, some enchiladas, a lot of hot sauce. I'm a happy camper.
0: What is the best thing about being Joe Nick Bataski?
1: <laughs> that I get paid to do what I do. <laughs> I keep waiting for someone to tap me on the shoulder and say, you know, we're wise and you can't do this anymore. But they haven't yet. And uh, I'm just having a blast. This is fun.
0: Well, what's on the horizons for you?
1: Well, my next book is, and it'll be out late this summer, is on the Dallas Cowboys. And it's an unauthorized history. And if Willie Nelson is kind of one story of Texas, the Cowboys are another. And it really was motivated by people kept asking, well, who's next after Willie? And the fact of the matter is, there is not another Willie out there. There's no one that comes close or no one that's as engaging as all-encompassing. I've started this book with the simple premise. The only thing bigger in Texas than Willie Nelson are the Dallas Cowboys. And basically, by tracing their history, it's really the story of sports' culture and, uh, and how sports define the city, for better or for worse. I grew up in Fort Worth all my life. You know, you look at Dallas, it's like, what's the dang deal with Dallas? I think I've spent about 500 pages trying to figure that out.
0: For more information on our special guest Joe Nick Petaskey, you can visit the website. It's p.com My last question. For anyone who's listening in, what would you say to them?
1: I'd like to say it's great to connect this way. The power of radio is continues to be fairly mind-blowing. It much as the world has we still gotta communicate with one another. And the more we do that, and realize what similarities we share rather than the differences, that's enough to give me hope and keep me going. And one of the great ways to do all that is through music. And that's why I've written what I've written, in why I continue to write what I write. Is to me, that's one of the greatest things in in, in the world. Is what a way to, to communicate with one another.
0: Thank you so much for this interview. And I can say personally I have enjoyed the book so much. Thank you for that.
1: Well, I appreciate it. And I've not done I've got more music stories in me. I'm trying to figure out what the next one's gonna be, but there will be more. There's there's more stories to tell.
0: Very good. Well again, thanks so much and have a good one.
1: I'll do my best and see y'all next year.